Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, travelers. It's Kim. Hey, Hey, everybody. It's Zaina. Brittany. Jamal. Welcome to episode 23 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're taking you to Death Valley National Park. This was a very quick weekend trip, just Saturday and Sunday, driving early Saturday morning from beautiful San Diego up to Death Valley National Park. Again, we're taking you on another national park trip because we're crossing them off our bucket list. And Death Valley National Park is in the desert. There are so many different terrains, though, which I didn't expect. We have dunes, badlands, and even salt plains that are lining the entire desert. In this episode, we're going to take you through our trip, which includes some must dues such as Badwater Basin, Mesquite Sand Dunes, Zabriskie Point, and the Artist's Drive. But before we get further into the episode, I do want to just give a little bit of information about Death Valley. The park occupies an interface zone between the arid Great Basin and Mojave Desert, and it's protecting the northwestern corner of the Mojave Desert and its diverse environment of salt flats, sand dunes, and the badlands that Brittany was talking about. And as a matter of fact, Death Valley is the largest national park of the contiguous 48 United States in terms of size. Interesting. I did not know that. I always thought it was Yellowstone as a matter of fact. And then I found out very recently, no, 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 it's that Death Valley just protecting that natural desert area. Makes you wonder what they're protecting. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) they have alien bases out there or something. Area 52. (laughs) Yeah, it's so close to Nevada, might as well be. So Death Valley is about five and a half hours from San Diego, which is why we left on a Saturday. We didn't need to leave on a Friday and give us that extra bit of time. And it made the trip easier to do and cheaper for all of us too. What's five and a half hours to us? It's not very no, much. Not much. Not Qu- to us when I'm sleeping in the back. Quick yeah. Li- quick little day trip, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to do is stop at Starbucks and get some coffee and then Mickey D's for some hash browns. So like we were saying, it's a quick five and a half hour drive from San Diego for us to get to Death Valley. It does straddle the border of California and Nevada. Most of the park, if not all of it, is there, but it borders the state line of California and Nevada. And we want to go over a few tips for you before we get into the episode and recap our adventures. And the first thing that we do want to mention is go in winter, where the temperatures are going to be a lot more cooler and moderate because in the summer times, temperatures can exceed 120 degrees Fahrenheit, hence the name Death Valley. Hot. And when we went, we went in January. So following that advice. Yes. If you can't go in winter, for whatever reason, I do recommend that you do start your day early before the sun reaches its peak temperature. One thing I really find interesting, just on a side note, in terms of the heat of Death Valley, I listened to a lot of NPR, National Public Radio, and they were talking about Death Valley recently because of them exceeding their own average highs and they had a record-breaking temperature. I forgot what it was. And they were talking to a national park guide and they said, believe it or not, one of the 
top draws for tourists when they come. And by tourists, they're talking international tourists. They don't really get to experience this type of heat. So a lot of them do go in the summer coming from Europe because they want to feel that heat because it's not anything they have access to over in Europe. So beyond it being hot for our own comfort factor, it is going to be more crowded during the summer, which you would think counterintuitive, but it's not. They just like to feel the burn. Yeah, huh? because they've they <laughs> in Europe where are their deserts, you know? So the National Park Ranger was saying that believe it or not, a lot of times during the summer, that's when they see the influx of tourists because they want to experience that heat. Interesting. That's Gosh. Fascinating. We went in winter and I felt like I was burning up when we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go during winter. Us Americans. <laughs> it's going to be a lot cooler and a lot less crowded. And unless you're trying to find a European husband, which in that case, go during the summer. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll have to go back out there. I know. Right? <laughs> Another tip for you guys to know, because we can't have an episode where we don't talk about bathrooms, is bathrooms are very limited in this national park. In some <sighs> major attraction <laughs> areas and viewpoints, there were not bathrooms in the parking lot. So do not count on having a bathroom at every major outlook. So interesting because it's so hot that you would think that we would be drinking more water, which would only create an influx to use the restroom. Or people are dehydrated, so not going to the restroom because your body's absorbing it. That's true. Yeah, but just like bathrooms, there's not really available gas or restaurants or cell phone service. So just be prepared for that one. And do your research and planning in advance. Yeah, Death Valley is a desert if you didn't get it from 120 plus degrees so really barren out there out in in the national park itself like kim said no gas stations no nothing it's just straight desert and very few roads for you to go ahead and drive on and this is a squad tip from me is if you are doing the itinerary make sure to plan your route in advance because you're going to see a lot of things but they're all spread out they're not in one particular area so make sure that you're going from one side of the park to the next and you're not having to backtrack at all yeah and that comes into play because our itinerary of what we did is we drove on a saturday in the morning got there i forgot around what time but i think before noon because we woke up early but there are a lot of things to see that don't involve hiking in the area. So our Saturday itinerary was to do a drive around the park, see the major viewpoints and attractions, and then the next day do hiking. Easy day. Easy day. This one was truly an easy day. I don't <laughs> think we did any hiking whatsoever. So I think this first easy day, that really was an easy day. But it took a lot of planning so that we didn't do backtracking. So what was the first thing we did when we got to the park? We went to the Mesquite Flat Sand Dunes. Don't let that fool you, though, because they're not so flat. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Those are some high dunes to hike. And they were hard to hike, too. Walking in sand is pretty hard. It's really fine sand. You just sink in it as you're walking in it. But it was really cool because living in California, this was my first time to Death Valley. But when I think of deserts, In California, I think of dry, I think of arid. I don't really think of sandy deserts like you would imagine when you think of the Sahara and Africa or anything. But what I found really unique about Death Valley is there are so many different desert landscapes and they have big giant sand dunes. And then a couple miles away, then it's just flat, arid, hard dirt. So really, really cool. But we went out there, did some hiking. Kim wanted to take... I thought you just said we didn't do any hiking. Well, not major hiking for a trail, hiking up the dunes because we did walk to a few of them. 
Yeah. So when you get to the dunes, you'll park and then there's just a short walk to get to where it starts to become sandy and the dunes are. And then you're just exploring the dunes. Will, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I meant by hiking. We didn't do an official trail, exploring the dunes up and down. Squad tip, wear shoes that you don't mind getting dirty. It's very dusty out there, so don't wear your good shoes. And I wore boots on this trip, and I actually wore normal clothing. And I remember when we got back to the car, I had to empty out my shoes because there's so much sand in them. Yeah, I had boots, and I took mine off. See, I thought I remember you ladies wearing boots, and I thought, oh, that was your way to counteract it because you have your jeans going over or tucked in, and it doesn't get in. But apparently, it still got in your boots, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like glitter. It got everywhere. Sand's <laughs> notorious for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets everywhere. Yes, it is. And so you know when we're on these trips we're half doing it because we want that beautiful picture of these amazing sand dunes and then one thing we always worry about in these national parks is just the people in the background and messing up our pictures but that was not a worry here because it wasn't that crowded when we went in january there weren't that many people around we were able to get tons of cool pictures of the dunes and of us there and no one was in the background at all no one was even around to take our picture right i was (laughs) taking the picture i had took the jumping photos that you ladies love Mm -hmm. to do yes But one thing, too, if you think you're going to avoid getting sand in your shoes by taking off your shoes, you are very mistaken. Because even in January, the temperature is roughly around 80 degrees, but the sand itself still gets really hot. So don't think you're going to go there barefoot and do it. There's no way you're walking on that barefoot, let alone more into summer. You're going to burn. So when Jamal says that the sand gets really hot, like minutes counts. I'm just going to share a quick story about Jamal and Brittany's wedding. They got married here in San Diego and they had a walk on ceremony on the beach here in Coronado. And, you know, I was wearing heels, so I had to take off my heels to walk on the sand for the ceremony. And I think you guys got married at 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. And I remember by the time we were walking off, which was like 10, 15, 10, 20, that's like such a short amount of time. I was like running off the sand because my feet were burning so bad. And again, that's a 15, 20 minute difference. So the sooner you go, it's going to be better with sand that hot, especially if you're going in the summer. And Mesquite Flat Sand Dunes has the largest dune field in the park. So just remember as far as you go in is as far as you have to go back to the parking lot. And if you're going during the hot summertime, that's more time on the hot sand. And then after the sand dunes, we ended up driving to Zabriskie Point. And it's a very famous overlook point with a beautiful lookout to the Badland terrain below. There is an area for you to park. Again, no bathroom, but you do have to walk up a little paved hill for the view of the Badlands below. The most memorable thing I remember about Zabriskie Point is somebody was flying a drone trying to get some video and some lady was yelling at him. You ladies remember that? Yeah, she was ultra pissed. Yeah, but you know what? I felt bad for the guy because there was no like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you can't fly drones. She just started to like passively aggressively talk to her friend like, you can't fly drones in this park. I can't believe this guy is flying drones in this park. And it's like, dude, give a brother the heads up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, she was just ripping him a new one. (laughs) Right? So he was really kind and he didn't say anything and he just stopped flying his drone, but no drones. This is one of the most famous viewpoints in the entire park and the Badlands that you look out to are a golden hue color. So it's very beautiful. This was my favorite part of the park. It was so pretty. I really enjoyed Zabriskie Point. One thing I just want to say is when we think of desert sometimes, or maybe some people, you just think of a barren landscape, but until you've really been 
out in it. I don't think people realize how beautiful a desert can be. And just seeing down into the Badlands, and like Brittany was saying, they were golden colored. They just have a beautiful natural feel to it that I just really can't explain. The desert is very, very peaceful. Death Valley is a very beautiful park. Mm-hmm. Definitely a different kind of beauty. Mm-hmm. So really all you can do there is look out. So after we did the lookout, we drove to a place called Artist Drive. And it's a scenic drive and it's nine miles one way from south to north. And along the way are a ton of beautiful, colorful rock formations. But because it is hilly and difficult to navigate and there's so much to see, just that nine miles takes about an hour and a half to go through. Nine miles, an hour and a half. I remember you got to drive so slow because it's winding through little canyon areas, little hills. So definitely takes a little bit of time to do. And I don't think it was fully paved, correct? Correct. Yeah. So you can't even drive fast because if you don't have an SUV even to go over that rugged terrain, you have to go slow because it is an unpaved route. And it gives you time to take in the scenery, which is the point of the drive. Yeah. The rock formations, they were just so beautiful, the different colors that they had. And like I said, each area of the park that we did on this day gave you a different type of desert landscape view made it really interesting it's just amazing how beautiful mama earth is and how many years goes into creating all these formations yeah squad tip along the drive there is a spot called artist palette and you can either view it from the car window or take a short walk to it but it'll provide you with the most colorful views of the eroded desert hills what did we do after artists drive badwater basin this might be one of death valley's most iconic points if not the most the second Mm -hmm. most iconic or the most is something that we didn't do which we'll touch on later that i wanted to do but badwater basin is a specific point in death valley national park and it's 282 feet below sea level and it is the lowest point in north america it's so low that the majority of bad water is pretty much salt flats that you walk on so it's a real crystal like white color just a quick fact in episode five where we road trip to sequoia and king's canyon national park we talk about mount whitney which is the highest point in the contiguous united states and how it's only 85 miles from the lowest point in north america which is badwater basin and that's what we're referencing now i'm glad you mentioned that because i was going to reiterate that fact that it's 85 miles away from mount whitney again the tallest point in the contiguous united states so again just crazy disparity of landscape in the world let alone california itself and our beautiful national parks So when you get there, they have a sign that says Death Valley National Park. It's a great spot to take a photo because right behind it are all of the polygon salt formations that just fill up this part of the landscape. So since Badwater Basin is one of the more popular spots in Death Valley, there is a large parking lot area. And once you park, you can walk on what I would equate to almost like a little boat dock area of wooden planks that lead you down to the salt flats and Badwater Basin. And you can walk on it. I'm exaggerating for miles, but almost at the same time, not really, really far out there to different areas of the salt flats and into the valley. We walked for what seemed to be a mile plus, and we saw people way further out there, but we knew we had more to do. So we turned around and didn't make it all the way through. But nonetheless, just you could spend hours literally walking on the salt flats themselves. Mm-hmm. I felt like we walked forever. I know. And then people were just so much further out there. I'm like, how long are they going to walk today? I know, 
right? But it's just so fascinating because it looks like someone threw salt all across the ground. You know? I just want to point out too, in this parking lot, there is bathroom. <laughs> because there's so many people visiting. There you go. <laughs> Before Badwater Basin, though, we did try to do another part of the park. It was called the Devil's Golf Course. But once we started to go down the road, we realized that our car was not equipped for the terrain. It was really rocky and ruggedy. And we actually had to turn back around and go back. And so then we just headed on to Badwater Basin. It was crazy. Jamal's driving like, what, five miles per hour? And we are just bumping and grinding along the road. Yeah, because it's not paved. It's almost like they just took small rocks, threw it out as a gravel road. But... It was one way, and it's supposed to take us to formations where I think the salt is spiked up, almost looks mm-hmm. like little blades yep. of grass, but how slow we had to go on those rocks. We just and several miles. Yeah, it would have taken an hour plus. I mean, like we said, for one of the drives we did, Artist's Drive, it took an hour and a half or nine, for miles. nine miles. So to get out a little further, which I think was equivalent, we just didn't want to invest that time because we were going to be doing other things. But that's one thing to take into consideration is we were driving in our little Honda Civic. Maybe if somebody comes out here and wants to do that, you may need yourself a nice big pickup or four-wheel drive SUV, something to that effect. And like we said, cell service was very limited. So had we been stranded out there, I don't know what we would have done. I want you to know that you could eat me. <laughs> Jamal gets the movie quote. <laughs> Jamal got From the movie From City Slickers yes. too. thank you. Again with the movie quotes. <laughs> hey, squaddies. We want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. 
All right, so this pretty much sums up our day in Death Valley National Park on Saturday, and it's getting to be about evening time at this point. And so we decided to stay in Pahrump, which is very close, and it's just a tiny town. In Nevada. In Nevada. Very important. But we're starving at this point. And the only thing that would keep us from eating is that Pahrump Winery offers six free wine tastings and the hours are about to close so we rush over there hold our hunger in (laughs) for the free wine and we get there it's actually a really cute winery it was a really good tasting Mm -hmm. very good tastings very good wine they had a restaurant there but it was it was closed when Mm -hmm. we were there it looked really good because you wanted well I shouldn't say you wanted to go, but it was your recommendation. We looked at the menu and we're like, oh, yeah, let's go free wine tasting. It looks like they had a good restaurant menu. Come to find out when we're there that the restaurant doesn't open for another two hours later. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, oh, shit, man, we can't wait (laughs) two hours to eat. We've last eaten in the morning in the car. There was nothing to eat in the park. So that just didn't happen. Yeah, we had eaten breakfast early, early Saturday morning and we did not eat lunch. We had limited snacks in the car we did not plan this well we took the snacks out took the snacks <laughs> I'm just out kidding. that's a reference from the inca trail episode so after we finish our wine tasting kim what did you suggest we eat thai food i always love to suggest thai food kim on our trip and who would guess this tiny town in nevada has a thai restaurant so we jam over there get in there we're like one of the only people in there really, what was it called it was called chat thai it was good thai food it was good it was, it was really, really good, good if thai you food. like spicy food you'll love this place well we got it too spicy <laughs> i think we could get it without it but my god was it spicy it was so fucking hot well first off we got there and kim as always when we're in a restaurant a little indecisive on what it is that she <laughs> wants and our waiter it just it was so funny he was rude but not in a purposefully rude way it was rude in a playful way like making fun of us because he can tell that we can take what he was dishing out if you will so no pun intended yes oh (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i know that's when she said that i was like oh wow that was a good one (laughs) so kim being undecided and us being some of the only people in there she ordered what she wanted and she what her second item was that she wanted he just gave it to us for free anyway but we were asking what spice level there was and he says oh this isn't too spicy so we got what was supposed to be mid-level and my god my mouth was on fire so is your fucking fire (laughs) well that's that's a little later that's a little later i usually like if i get thai food here in san diego i'll ask for about a six or a seven and that's good for me so i think i did about a five there and it was just like (sighs) as i'm getting older honestly like like fucking fours are too hot for me. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Seriously. Given 30s a bad name over here, you guys. It's rough. My gut can't take it. Our waiter was really funny. I mean, I think his parents own the restaurant and Kim was so indecisive as she always is, no matter where we go. She to make the right choice. And she's like, oh, guys, should I get the curry or should I get the noodles? So he like came up behind her and on one side of her, he was like, curry? or noodles and then would go side to side and like put his hands up behind her and it was just funny and, and, she, th- and then he brought both yeah, you know what's did. funny i got curry and noodles last night for dinner there you go <laughs> that's right you came here and talked about how you had thai last night for dinner <laughs> kim and her thai so after we ate very delicious thai food just very very spicy we were in nevada and we went to the golden nugget to play 
Bingo. bingo. Because we needed to redeem ourselves from our last bingo event that we had when we did our American Southwest road trip. What a shit show that was, if our <laughs> listeners remember. First they go time, very quickly in these small towns. Well, Kim's a bingo veteran. It was her idea the first time we played, and Zaina... Brittany and I were just taken aback at how fast these fuckers call numbers. <laughs> I mean, like, wow, can't even believe it. So we go to Golden Nugget. We're like, all right, we're going to win some money. We're going to do it. We're not going to fall like we did last time and get... <laughs> Who yeah. fell last time? Well, I fell last time. If you guys Bing. go back and listen to episode eight, you can hear about Jamal's freak out during our bingo. Yeah, but I feel like they were just calling numbers fast. <laughs> they give you so many cards. So we're like, all right, this time we're only going to have like three, four cards. We're going to keep it real minimal. And then still, so fast it was still too much for me we weren't even drinking this time because i think the first time we had alcohol so like you have a little bit of a buzz going they're calling the numbers so fast and you're like what the fuck is going on the lady when we bought the cards warned us we go fast and we're like all right we know we know how fast they go now and she's like we go fast we were trying to buy a certain number of cards and i'm pretty sure she told us not, not to, to buy them all because it was so fast we wouldn't be able to do them yep she and did. she was right surprise yeah. surprise <laughs> all the winners are the people who played on the computer that's what i'm saying you know what you think you want to be a blotter when you play bingo and i thought that too and the two times i've played it i've come to the conclusion it's a fallacy. You Every need to time. Play, you just need to play the machine. Let, yes. Give me my fucking drinks. Let me. Every be on time the I play at Pachanga in Temecula, it's always the computers that win. Yeah. So, Jamal, do you feel like you got to redeem yourself on this bingo cruise? Oh, no. I made, a, <laughs> I made another mess of myself. Oh, my gosh, on this you guys. One. I actually played bingo on this cruise I just came off of, and they were so slow. I was falling asleep, like waiting for the next number to be called. That would have been my perfect type of bingo. <laughs> I, 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 need that, I need that bingo. Well, if Only I if you're win, not on the computer. Yes. Yes, I need a machine. Jamal, would you say you had a freak out during this trip? Um, no, this one was more a panic attack, not a freak out, <laughs> because I was like, dude, I took her advice. I didn't get as many cards. And then on top of that, I felt like I still played half as many as I did the first time. And they were fast. Do, yeah. How do people do this? See, I feel like on our last trip where we played bingo, you had the panic attack because you couldn't keep up. But I feel like because you knew what you were getting into, this qualifies for a freak out. Well, you always Ooh. think I have freak outs when I don't have freak outs. <laughs> uh-huh. I personally felt like it wasn't necessarily a freak out, but it was more funny and still being pissed off. You know, like how, like it's so fast. So they call like A2 and you have 10 cards. (laughs) 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 Clearly Zana knows how to play the game. (laughs) They call out A2, Zana. Bingo. B-I-N-G-O. Where's the A? (laughs) Point being, they call out a number and a letter. Yes? Yes. They call out something like B2. (laughs) And you have 10 cards in front of you. They say B2. And by the time you realize that you don't even have B2 on your first card, they're already on. O69. Yes. Yes. They're just, they don't even pause between the numbers. It's crazy. Crazy. If you ever go to prom, be prepared for that. So... I think we've learned our lesson. I think we all need to go on a squad redemption bingo and play machines. I think Can I get a yes? Yes, yes. Let's go to Pachanga. All right. right. Let's do it. I think they have all the numbers and letters prepared so they can say it all in one breath. Like (laughs) B2, B7, in... I can't even say it as fast as they were going. They're like almost like an auctioneer person. Pretty much, yeah. But I will say this. So that was our night after... Death Valley was our evening in Pahrump. Delicious Thai, fun bingo, beautiful winery, free wine tasting. So definitely if you do go to Death Valley, I would recommend staying in Pahrump versus back on the California side. Just stay in Nevada, have a little bit extra fun. 
it made sense too for the route that we took as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then so the next day we woke up in the morning and this is when we were officially going to be doing some hiking. But before we woke up the next day, we spent the night in Kim's suggestion. We got a suite. So we had a couch in our hotel room. But unfortunately, because we're so active, we didn't really get to see the hotel room except for to sleep. And for the breakfast buffet. Yeah, I got ahead of myself on the hike. I forgot there was a breakfast buffet here. Party foul. Do you remember the spread? All I know is that they had cinnamon rolls and oatmeal. And I think they had a waffle maker too, but and I didn't eggs do- and sausage. Mm, Damn, that's a good eggs. breakfast buffet. Yes, well, it Holiday was. Inns usually have a good breakfast buffet. I will say this: you can always count on Holiday Inn breakfast buffets to have the waffle maker. Yes, chilling at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you know me, I have to fit in a hike somewhere in every single trip, and so after our breakfast, we went to a place called Sidewinder Canyon for some hiking. Highly recommend this. This was so fun. What's supposed to be in Sidewinder Canyon, Brittany? Slot canyons. Slot canyons. So you're supposed to hike up a main canyon and they have offshoots to different side canyons to go through. Yes. And what I would recommend is because there is limited self-service, make sure you do your research in advance. I did some research where it told me where I need to enter. Take pictures of the description of where to enter and what to go through and what to expect. It's very important because it's super easy to get lost on this trail and not be able to find your way onto the trail. Well, so we'll get more into how we got lost as we started the hike a little bit later but i know zaina more particularly wants to throw me under the bus and embarrass me here since i embarrassed her on the inca trail episode michael was never <laughs> to embarrass you I, I wasn't embarrassed either man i know i know i'm just giving you a hard time i know you are um, anyway as we mentioned earlier not very many restrooms if any at all at the trailheads and Thai food was hot. Thai food was hot. <laughs> and so and this particular trailhead, there was no restrooms. It was a gravel parking lot, no restrooms. I don't even know what they were doing. Luckily for me, they had few like rocks that they've stacked up into piles. I think maybe they were going to put a little gravel parking lot out there versus just a dirt parking lot. I don't know. But point being, that came to save me because all of a sudden before our hike, I was like, oh, ladies, like, man, it's like, Brittany, can you look at your map? It's like, is there a visitor center around? Is there anything? I said, I really have to go to the restroom. And my stomach was grumbling. And that Thai food did not sit well with me. That spice <laughs> came gross. out. Yeah, well, I, I had to go. So I broke NSOT on this one. But luckily... NSOT, no shits on trail. Yes. So <laughs> I broke it, had to go before we started. And luckily, Brittany and I always come prepared on our hikes with baby wipes and hand sanitizer. <laughs> Squad tip. Squad tip. You have to. You have to. And let me tell you something. If that happened in the middle of a hike, I don't know what I would have done. You know, this is kind of gross, but at the same time, these are the things that happen in real life. And like, I promise you, this is going to happen to you if you hike just as much as us. Yeah. I mean, we're outdoors peoples. We hike. Anyone who is a real nature enthusiast, believe me, at some point you've had to go out in nature. And so we're just referencing that it happens to the best of us. Be prepared. Be prepared. So I'm not sure if everyone knows what slot canyons are, but they are basically canyons where water and wind have eroded through rock and made really tall and narrow passages that you climb through. And to get into this slot canyon that we wanted to go to, we had to literally get on the ground and crawl through like a small opening just to get inside of the canyon. And so one thing I would recommend to bring is a flashlight or Or a headlamp. headlamp. Mm -hmm. Definitely bring those. But before we first got 
into the original slot canyon or the canyon that we had to go up right in front of the parking lot there is what looks to be the entrance to the canyon that you're supposed to go up and we got lost for maybe about 30 45 minutes trying to figure out like no this doesn't seem right from the descriptions but this is the canyon that's there mm -hmm. and so no cell service so we ended up finding our way so we had to go further on to the right to find the right canyon to go up to do the hike but we found out later once we got cell service and read a little bit more about the trail that people even talk about that don't do the first canyon that you see it's the wrong one you got to continue going in this direction so i would definitely recommend this hike but do a lot of research on it to make sure you don't get lost and especially if you went on a hot day that would be terrible yeah, so travel southeast from the parking lot for approximately 100 feet to get to the entrance. Yeah, we went straight up, didn't do that 100 feet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to say about the slot canyons that we were squeezing and crawling through, like Brittany said, I mean, like you are getting down on your hands and knees and I didn't really have thick pants, so it really hurts. Not that it would stop me from doing it. I'm still gonna do it, but just so you know, I mean, like it's like legit crawling and squeezing. It's so fun though. You're like, okay, I have to go through here. Here, and then you're you just figure out your way through it and it's really funny it actually. was really an explorational hike if you will mm -hmm. yeah. because again there's the main canyon that you go off but at some points you go to the right and then you go to the left but they dead end but they're just little slot canyons that you hike through so sometimes you have to climb over rocks sometimes you had to climb under it it goes far enough into a cave at some point that you need those flashlights mm -hmm. because it's pitch black in there so lots of different things to do but this one is more physical in terms of crawling over and under things yeah and what goes in must come out. Yes. What crawls under must crawl back. Yes. Yeah, I would say that this hike is both physically and mentally demanding. But I had a lot of fun doing it, though. I, I enjoyed too. this one. Yeah, I want to go back and do this one. Not that there's it. not other stuff to do at Death Valley, but I would want to do this one again. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the entrance to the slot, it looks like there's a big boulders and rocks that are covering the entrance, and you have to crawl through the bottom left of that. So like, it's just a very narrow entrance where you crawl through, and we basically took a picture of what it looked like and what we saw online to match it up make sure we were going to the right place about how long was this hike it was five miles round trip and you could definitely make it longer because there's really no end point you mm -hmm. know we just kind of made it our own end once we got to i think it was like a riverbed yeah mm -hmm. we turned around at the riverbed what a fun hike it really was one thing before we get into kim's favorite part because i know questions of the <laughs> week is coming up but one thing that we didn't do on our first day when we did some of the major sites in death valley we didn't have the time because they are so far away and it takes a long time to get to is the sailing stones now this is a really famous part of death valley very iconic you can google it do some more research on it but what it really is known for are stones that apparently move by themselves and create a trail in the dirt and one of the main reasons why it happens and it used to baffle scientists until they did some more studies on it and figure out why it is because these stones are like hundreds of pounds we're not talking about like little pebbles yeah and they apparently move on the desert floor and again create a trail behind it but the reason 
why they move is because the ground is so flat that when it freezes, it creates a very thin ice sheet and then it will be able to move with wind blowing on it because it is on a top layer of ice. So even though they're heavy, so they move apparently sailing by themselves and it was just really far to get to, but we wanted to go see that. So if somebody does go plan a little bit more time to do that because it was an additional two hours from the location that we were at because again death valley like i said largest national park in the contiguous united states in terms of size so if you do go let us know one last thing i wanted to say about the hike that i forgot to say earlier is we were out there exploring for about six hours so even though it's only five miles round trip there's so much to do and see and just take your time and explore so it can take quite a bit of time during your day go out Give Mama Nature some love, ground out there, you know, where you're putting your hands on Mama Earth or taking your shoes off and putting your feet in there and just recharge all your energy. Always love a good grounding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else before questions of the week? I won't take your favorite part away from you. Go for it. All right. Questions of the week. Woo woo. Is that your little tune that you made for yourself? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying out different things here. I know. Here. <laughs> we're going to have to find one and we're going to insert it soon. Okay. I need musicians, any hot musicians out there who have a good melody for question of the week. <laughs> hit me up and let's let's make something happen here. Let's make some sweet music. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet music. <laughs> All right. So we did get a question from Emily from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha. Funny story. So we're, we wanted to go to Kenosha when we were in Chicago. She must have like heard it in an episode or something. I don't know. But what's up, Emily? She asked, are all cars equipped for the terrain? Which is so interesting of a question because you would think it's a desert. What do I need to think about cars? But we've already kind of mentioned something about this. Yeah, I feel like maybe she's done a little bit of her own research Mm -hmm. on it because, like I said, different desert terrains. And we had the one thing that we wanted to do, which was the Devil's Golf Course. And again, really just a gravel road, had to go slow. And even when we did one of the scenic drives, nine miles took an hour and a half because it's unpaved. So I would say we did it in our Honda Civic but we couldn't do one of the things we attempted and made another thing go slower. So I would say if you can have a more sport utility vehicle type car for this event. Agreed. More room to sleep in the back. So says the sleeper (laughs) in the back. (laughs) Which that kind of leads us into our second question from a different listener. Cool. So Brian from San Diego messaged us What's something from our hometown, San Diego? Yeah, what's up, Brian? <laughs> he asked, What's something you cannot road trip without? I can't road trip without a blanket. Me too. I love it. Covers it. your face in the back seat so we don't take selfie photos of you. That's or... Zana. Oh, Z- that's right. Zana covers well, her face. Also, with the like if you're in the front seat and driving, you normally get a little warm and so you turn on the AC, but then in the back seat, you're cold. And so it's just nice to have that or just to cuddle up with and use it as a pillow. Do you bring your own or do you steal mom's airplane banquets that she steals? That's not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I need my own. And the other thing too is just window covers. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I put my jacket or like a sweater up through the window because the sun is beating down. And no matter how many trips we take, maybe you feel like this, Kim, but I always feel like I get the side with the sun. I always feel that way. I know. I figured like (laughs) you probably feel like that. But every time we get in the car, I'm like, nope, I got the sun. And then I'm thinking to myself, "Mm, Kim probably feels like she has the sun. Yeah, it's a battle. 
I would say for me, always being the driver, one thing that I always love to have on a road trip is a Red Bull. I don't drink energy drinks regularly, but whenever I'm driving or in the car, doesn't matter time of day, something about having a Red Bull always completes my road trip experience. I love it. <laughs> and then I'll usually get the 12 ounce can, even though they're originally 8.4 because Brittany likes to take a few sips. So it's the fact that she takes a few sips, I still get my full 8.4 ounce original size can. <laughs> <laughs> and let's nice not forget thinking, yes. right? phone chargers. That's a big one. Whoever yeah. has the lowest charge gets the charger. Uh, yeah, because Brittany will usually have the map. Somebody's doing research on an extra thing to add. So the phone chargers are definitely very Someone's important or, or the USB or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's you, Kim. Instagram it up. <laughs> and I have one more thing. It's not a physical, tangible object, but the question being what's something you can't road trip without, I would say playing the state capital or world capital game. Yeah. Jamal's driving. Someone always gives me some sort of trivia, which always makes it fun for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're always keeping Jamal entertained with trivia. And this, this is not something that you can't road trip without, but I want to give a little squad tip about road tripping and making travel work for you. So if you, you know, need to get stuff done and that's your reason for not traveling is you're too busy, you have too much to do. And maybe those things are on the computer, whether that's work or just various things. If you have this built into your cell phone program, you can make your phone into a hotspot and then work from the car or planes or whatever it is. And then like do two birds with one stone. Don't let traveling or working get in your way of making something happen. Just do them both at once and find ways to make it happen. In fact, when we road trip, now that we're the Travel Squad podcast, we are constantly outlining episodes in the backseat of the car or in the car, in Kim the and plane. Dana in the backseat, in the plane, in airports. And between our time outlining or strategizing, Kim is constantly doing work for work too. I constantly see her on her computer doing things out. So she's killing two birds with one when stone. When we were in Hot Springs, she had her laptop in the back working. Any other final thoughts, ladies, on Death Valley? Yes, I have one final thought. Just make sure to download offline maps on Google Maps so that you don't get lost in Death Valley National Park. Take lots of water, take food with you, because when you do that drive, it's going to be a little bit of a time before you get to more food and drinks, but it's worth it. So go out and do it and let us know how it is. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Hope you liked learning about Death Valley, and I hope you're planning a trip for yourself now. Please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, tell us what you like, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode because we have a special year-end episode that you don't want to miss out on. Ooh, can't wait for that one. Yeah. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.